When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm very excited for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys so much for supporting me, for listening to me, for receiving me, and for following me on TikTok, Instagram, on my podcast, on YouTube, and I'm just so grateful. And by the way, guys, if you don't subscribe to me on YouTube, go subscribe to me. I'm dropping another episode this week about abortion. And yeah, subscribe to my YouTube. It's Victoria Duvall. Victoria Duvall. That's how you say my name. Well, there's a little, there's a different part <laughs> before. It's Victoria something with a G. I don't like to say my whole, my whole last name and then day and then vol um but anyway thank you guys so much and then also I wanted to say that my coaching my one-on-one coaching is full at this moment but I'm opening again in September and taking in a limited number of clients and it's currently half full already and you can book your free introduction call with me to see if you'd like to do coaching with me it's a three-month program called from wounded to embodied womanhood where we get you fully into your embodied womanhood and really focus on um really changing your baseline of safety in your own body, your baseline of security, and really getting you to a different space where you no longer resonate and accept toxic and abusive relationships and you feel totally fulfilled, embodied, happy, and secure on your own. My one-on-one calls are now currently open for August. So you can book your one-on-one introduction call, which is free, to see if you'd like to do the coaching program. You can do that in August but you can currently book it right now. So it's open for August. So all the slots are on um, Tuesdays in August. That's my day off from coaching. And then I have that spot, those availabilities in August, but you can book them right now. So yeah, so go to my website, victoriadevall.com if you would like to do one-on-one coaching with me. Anyway, let's get into today's episode, which is really discussing victimhood. So we're going to be discussing victimhood and victimization and the actual empowerment with owning being a victim and then the disempowerment of the identity of a victim. So those are two separate things, right? Owning your experience as a victim, fully sitting with your feelings, fully sitting with your emotions versus getting trapped in the identity of victimhood, right? So we're going to really digest that, talk about it, really just get into it today. So let's begin. So a lot of times in the spiritual community or just the self-help community or whatever, there's this emphasis on not staying in victimhood any longer. But what gets lost, the thing that gets lost is that the actual experience of being a victim in this life is very, very important. And 
there's prerequisites to kind of understand what I'm talking about today. So I'm going to say them now and really try to sit through what I'm saying. So first off, we have to understand that we chose our parents. That's number one. So our soul, before we came into this life, we chose our parents. And if you'd like to learn more about this, you can read the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. But our soul chose our parents and chose our early life experiences and chose the parental dynamics that we would have so that we would experience the experiences that we needed to in this life, right? So that we would experience um, even the karmic debts that we needed to experience, the pain we needed to experience, the privileges we needed to experience, the good karma that paid off, the bad karma. And none of it is, is wrong. None of it is bad, right? It's all experiences that we have. And the truth is we're not actually a victim in a very spiritual sense to anything. However, in a very um, real sense, in the very 3D sense, in the very current sense of the what your human avatar, what you as a human are experiencing, you very much were a victim, right? So for example, I had a lot of trauma when I was around one years old and then again when I was around seven years old. I was a victim in those scenarios, right? I, as Victoria, you know, Duvall, I was a a victim, right? I experienced being a victim, right? When I was experienced sexual violence and I experienced um, abusive relationships, I was a victim in those scenarios, right? And that is completely valid and very, very necessary to own and to feel and to move through those energies and those emotions, However, at the same time, the experiences that I had when I was in my early life, I also at the same time chose those experiences. However, that was what my soul chose. My experience as a human, I still, you know, felt helpless and and powerless and like a victim and like this happened to me and, you know, it felt terrible and whatnot. And that's totally valid. And what gets you know, kind of lost in these conversations is a lot of times there's a lot of entitlement and and people, you know, swap out one ego for the other a lot of times in the spiritual community and they're like, oh, you know, stop being a victim, you know, whatever, whatever they try to say. So we have to understand that we were totally valid in being a victim. For example, if you experienced some trauma when you were five years old, you were a victim in that. The other side is that your soul chose it. So you're not on a soul level a victim. However, on a human level, you were a victim, right? So it's my understanding and my belief that we chose pretty much, especially the trauma that happened to us up until the age of 10. And we absolutely chose our parental dynamics and our parents, whether that was, you know, abusive or totally easy or... Um, you know, healthy or not healthy, whatever it was, we chose that. And that's on a soul level, we chose that, right? So we chose that for our own development and and for whatever we had to bring into this life. Like for me, for example, one of my, I, know, I guess really my biggest um, purpose and passion is around liberating women, right? So for me, I had to go through a lot of pain as a woman and it's I say to a lot of my clients you know I there's probably nothing you've experienced that I myself have not experienced does that mean that 
I was not a victim because I chose on an on a soul level that I was not actually conscious of in my life to experience those things. Does that mean I'm not a victim? No, you can hold both, right? Both can exist at the same time. And so we actually have to hold both if we would like to be integrated and embodied people. And what happens, especially in the spiritual or self-help you know, communities, is that people go too far on, on edges and they don't integrate fully everything. And so what you want to do if you want to be an integrated, embodied woman and person, you have to hold and integrate all of it. So for example, if you experience trauma at five, You have to feel those feelings of being a victim, feel the powerlessness, feel the anger, feel the frustration. That is what you came to experience. You came to liberate yourself from that, whatever whatever it means for you, whatever resonates in your body. However, on the same time, we can also find empowerment in the fact that we actually chose this on a soul level. And at the same time, A lot of what happens is I think that people are afraid to come into that that real understanding, which is not being in victimhood, right? They're really afraid to because they feel that if I let go of this narrative of being a victim, then what happens is then my pain is no longer valid. And that is absolutely not true. So, for example, um, the most important thing to get out of a cycle of abusive relationships is to take full accountability for your life, step out of victimization, step out of victimhood, and take full accountability for your shadows, the things that, the ways that you actually desire abuse and toxicity, the ways that you're showing up, whatever, all of that. That's very, that's the, really the only, the only factor that can actually get you out of toxic and abusive relationships. While at the same time, Your pain and your very real experience of being a victim needs to be held, needs to be um, felt, needs to be nurtured, and you need to really deeply feel and release and validate yourself in those experiences validate and cry through and hear yourself and and allow yourself to be in that space of being a victim in that experience because you were and if you go to one edge and you just deny oh you know because xyz I was not a victim well then that can cause a lot of blockages and pent up anger or an unfelt rage or unfelt powerlessness where you didn't actually feel and experience these emotions they just got kind of trapped in your body because you refused to feel them because you decided, oh no, I'm not a victim, I'm not a victim. Well, at the same time, we can also get overly invested in those emotions of pain and rage and and anger and victimhood. And we don't actually allow ourselves to take um, full accountability and come into our empowerment, right? There's a lot of empowerment when you actually can take full responsibility for your life and your actions. And let's say that there's a situation, maybe when you were 15 or 20, and for example, with myself, right? So I experienced um, sexual violence. I never experienced sexual violence before the age of 12, but I did experience sexual violence around the ages of 15. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, um, and 20, right? So those are, that was kind of my window when I started experiencing sexual violence. And um, in those experiences, I don't even need to to say, oh, I'm coming out of victimhood, right? I, I, I made myself a victim. I chose this. No, I, I really didn't. It's about allowing yourself to be a victim in that, feeling that rage, feeling that anger and then allowing yourself from there 
to release that and step into your full embodiment because this is the real, this is the important part about this episode, what I'm about to say. What happens when we experience trauma or when we actually experience the very real experiences of being a victim is that what happens is we experience, for example, sexual trauma. Let's, let me give my own personal experience so that, you know, sometimes if you just kind of talk about these things that are very sensitive topics and you don't actually give your own personal experience, people feel like you're just kind of talking out of your ass <laughs> and not, um, you know, just it's, it's not you know, fair, whatever, to talk about these things if you haven't experienced it. So I'll give my own experiences. So if I, which I did, experience sexual violence at the age of 16, right? So this is the experience, right? I experienced sexual violence at age 16. Okay, that's the scene right there. Experiencing sexual violence at age 16. Okay. And from there, I was an actual victim in that situation. I was a victim. I was hurt. I was assaulted. I was, you know, harmed. And I was a victim in that situation. Owning that as its own situation, owning that as a victim in that situation and fully feeling all those feelings, not allowing them to get trapped up, deeply going back to yourself, crying again and again and again until you can fully, you know, release the situation. And it doesn't ever have to be fully released it's about there's no more of a charge to that situation because you fully sat with all your feelings and all your pain right okay so that is the space of being a victim what happens after that is the space where you're in your victim mentality so this is the difference right so the actual experience of being a victim is usually one isolated experience or you know isolated experiences that accumulate for example I did not just experience one time of sexual assault I experienced many times of sexual assault so but my point is that they're, you know, isolated experiences where I'm experiencing sexual assault one time and then I'm experiencing it another. For example, if you experience, you know, sexual assault by one person for a span of 10 years, that itself is this isolated incidence, right? So this is the isolated experience of sexual violence. After that, what happens victimization and being in your victim mentality is really just the limiting beliefs that you created around your very real experiences of being a victim. Okay, so really understand that. Being in your victimhood, being attached to being a victim, recreating experiences where you're a victim, that is being in victim mentality and that is derived from your very real experience of being a victim. So if I experience sexual violence, right? Um, and I actually didn't have the experience I'm about to say, but this is very common for women who experience sexual violence or men or whoever who experiences it. So if someone experiences sexual violence, they might create from that very real experience of being a victim, a lot of limiting beliefs that keep them for the next 30 years trapped in victimhood, which is that, um, you know, no men are safe. Um, my body is, you know, just something that, I give to others and, you know, um, whatever the hell the, the limiting beliefs are or that, you know, um, I'm worthless or, you know, there's some sort of power hit that we get from being a victim because we have not really moved through our very real experiences of being a victim. So then we recycle relationships where we're treated poorly because we desire to still feel like a victim, right? So that's the area. It's after the very real experience of being a victim that we come become attached to victimhood. 
we become attached to victimhood. So what we want to do, we want to hold these two um, experiences of, of really holding, taking accountability for your life and then at the same time validating your very real experience of being a victim. We want to hold them in tandem together. And so what that looks like is deeply validating your experiences of being a victim while also taking accountability for the spaces that after those experiences or even before that you have created attachments to being a victim and where you have replayed this out. You also have to take accountability for the areas where you actually get a payoff, an emotional hit from being a victim or from for from having bad things happen to you, harmful things happen to you. I remember after I got out of this very abusive situation and relationship and it was very traumatic to me. There was a lot of sexual violence. There was a lot of cheating. There was just a lot of pain um, and I experienced just a lot of density and pain, right? Um, But even that relationship, I was going to talk about after that, but even that relationship was born out of me still being in victimhood. That was not an experience of me being a victim. Of course, I was actually a victim in the relationship being abused and being sexually um, assaulted. However, the relationship was born out of my own identification with victimhood Even my beliefs that I actually could not vet a man and see if he was an abuser or not, but that abusers just were things that happened to people and they could not actually decide if they couldn't actually tell like the, the common idea that, um, that, you know, men will gaslight you or hide who they are until X, Y, Z, until this stage of the relationship. And you're totally blinded. You may be blinded because you're still in your identity of a victim and you haven't fully come into your power, but no man can actually lie to you or pretend he's not an abuser when he is if you are deeply out of the victimhood space and you are deeply in your power and connected to your intuition connected to your boundaries and connected to your standards the point of all of this is is that after that relationship I was deeply attached to being a victim I needed to feel like a victim I needed to feel hurt I needed to feel like a victim because that was what was familiar to me and after these relationships I wanted to be saved right I had an attachment to being saved like the you know that wounded dynamic of the princess in the castle and a man who comes and rescues her I was very attached to that dynamic which was me staying in my victim mentality i.e. I cannot, you know, save myself and I, you know, just need a man to come and save me and, and you know, I'm just so wounded and hurt and I just want to be chosen and I want to be accepted and I want to be picked, you know what I mean? And, um, and that was me being in my victimhood mentality and, of course, also saying, you know, um, I can't see if a man is going to be an abuser, like I'm blindsided by this, I can't see if he's going to cheat on me, which I very much could. So the thing is, To actually be an embodied person, if we want to be embodied people, we have to step out of the role of victimhood while while validating the individual experiences of ourselves as victims and holding ourselves through those experiences and releasing our emotional charge to them. What also ends up happening is that 
when we're so attached to being a victim, it's kind of a catch-22 because we never actually fully feel the emotions of what's going on in our bodies. They get trapped. And so what happens is, so for example, if you experience sexual assault, I use that because it's just an easy, very, um, a very in-your-face example of being a victim that I have experienced. So it's just easy for me to reference. Um, So if you have experienced sexual assault, you actually may have not because you might even have before or after been in the mindset of victimhood or not been in your empowered space, you might have not fully felt the emotions around that experience. And so part of stepping out of victimhood while also validating our experiences of being a very real victim is holding those versions versions of us fully feeling our pain, feeling our sadness, feeling the resentment, feeling the rage and allowing it to channel through us and release because if we don't allow ourselves to feel our anger and our sadness and our pain around our very real experiences of being a victim, we cannot fully integrate ourselves as whole human beings and emotions get trapped within us and unfelt for maybe 40 years, 30 years. This happens a lot of times with abortions. I am going to talk about this in my YouTube video that I'm about to post this week where abortions, people do, they are so clouded by shame that they don't actually get to experience their emotions through this experience. They don't actually get to feel their relief or their pain or their sadness because they're so clouded by shame. And so then those experiences, those emotions get stored in your body. So what you want to do is fully feel and hold those versions of you with compassion. Maybe you are in your mid-20s or your mid-30s right now, but there's a version of you when you were seven years old that didn't know how to process what was going on with you at that time, didn't know how to process the pain that you were experiencing at that time. And so the emotions, the very real emotions of pain and anger and rage or sadness or whatever it is, they get trapped in your body forever until you are willing to feel them and release them. And so just saying, oh, well, I was not a victim because I chose that experience on a soul level is really not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you anywhere if you're not willing to feel your human experience as well. And so you have to feel your human experience and feel through these emotions and feel through these um, difficult and dense trapped and stored emotions in your body. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And be willing to feel them and release them and alchemize them if you would also like to be in your empowerment. So, what we'd need to do is feel our very real experiences of being victims while also taking full accountability for the ways that we have attached ourselves to the idea of victimhood. And ways that we can do that are by asking ourselves, what dynamics, what toxic or or harmful dynamics are in my life? that I actually on a subconscious level or in my shadows actually like want. I actually, you know, desire them and I seek them out. In what ways am I seeking out situations that harm me? 
in what way am I getting some sort of emotional hit from being in negative or toxic situations? In what way am I getting an emotional hit from putting myself in harmful situations with men or in life? And we can see that we are actually trapped in this identity of victimhood because then when things happen after we have put ourselves in those situations or, or chose them actively, we're then so attached to being a victim that we then further our attachment to disempowerment. We're like, oh, well, you know, this just happens to me and I can't get out of it. Kind of like how women feel very, very disempowered with men and with dating right now. And there might have been, for example, very real experiences where your father beat you up or treated you like shit or you experienced your first relationship and you didn't know anything about relationships or even just fucking growing up in the patriarchy hello is a fucking trauma that puts women in the seat of being a victim and that's very real that's very real we have to own those feelings around that it puts us into being a victim before we're even the age of 10 right because we actually are victims right in this system and so owning that And then seeing from that, born from that, how have I disempowered and chosen my own oppression? How have I disempowered myself? How have I taken on that identity? And we see this with dating with women all the time where women will feel very disempowered dating, right? They'll feel like all men are, you know, they do this and they do that. And I used to be one of those women. And from firsthand experience, I can tell you guys that that's just literally being trapped in victimhood because what happens is that women experience adverse situations with men and they trap us in those experiences, trap us in feeling like a victim, feeling disempowered and forming limiting beliefs. And then from there, we create our own edges of our own reality of what we will accept and so women feel well I didn't even know that something else was possible or maybe you're trying to continue to recreate your trauma for example maybe you had adverse situations with maybe men when you were younger when you were in your early teens and then when you're in your mid-20s you're trying to replay and re-experience these traumatic situations with men because you're trying to get a new outcome on a subconscious level you're trying to change what happened to you as a child you're trying to experience something new by recycling the same and we can see that women form all of these very limiting beliefs about men but what happens is they they engage with men from those limiting beliefs. So I'm going to give you an example. If a woman feels that all men watch porn or all men cheat, right? If a woman experienced maybe her father cheating when she was growing up and she experienced her first boyfriend cheating on her and and whatever. And then as a maybe mid-20s or mid-30s woman, She still believes all men cheat and she hates men and she doesn't feel comfortable and she feels very distrusting and she doesn't open up her heart and whatever. From that space, if your heart isn't open, you're not empowered in yourself, you're still coming from this victim mentality, you still believe that all men cheat, you're still attached to being a victim, you're still attached to being closed off, you're still attached to your fear, you haven't fully moved through the emotions of really being a victim in those situations and releasing them, 
releasing them is key and then choosing something new for your life instead you've attached to these experiences of being a victim and then become afraid and felt like I you're still kind of attached to these dynamics because you experience them when you're younger instead of releasing them and choosing something new so what happens we've chosen these things we've experienced this and then as adults we're still thinking all of these things our hearts are still closed we still feel distrusting we feel like all men cheat and then what happens because we feel like all men cheat and we're disempowered but we still want to date and we're actually still coming usually from this huge abandonment wound and wanting to be chosen and you know having a fear of rejection and being very wounded so we're still dating actively we don't have a good sense of self and what happens is then we date men who cheat right because we think that all men cheat so at the same time a cheating man becomes acceptable to you you think that all men cheat, so you're not really in your power actively choosing a man who doesn't cheat. You think that all men cheat and you're completely disempowered and you're completely attached to your victimhood and you're completely attached to your limiting beliefs that you continue recycling men who cheat because what does it do for you? It allows you to not actually choose yourself radically and do the radical work. It allows you to keep recycling these situations where you are a victim, which strengthens your sense of victimhood in this world. It strengthens your sense of victimhood, which feels safe. Because as a child, you were a victim and then you felt angry that you were a victim and you were like, fuck that, I was a victim. Like that feels scary that I was a victim. And so you desire to continue to be a victim on a subconscious level because if you're not continuing to be a victim, it almost invalidates the experience of your victimhood. So for example, if a a girl, you know, experienced um, that she chose 20 men who cheated. Maybe she married a man who cheated, right? If she were to acknowledge that she actually chose those experiences and she was not a victim to them, she actually chose them. What does that require her to access? Grief, pain, and accountability. And a lot of people don't want to access accountability because it's scary. Because then it makes them feel like, well, is my pain valid? So we recycle these situations so that we can continue to feel valid in our pain. But what happens when we actually validate ourselves in our pain as being victims? And we say, <clears throat> excuse me, we say, I don't care what society says. I don't care about anything. I don't care about what you say. I don't care about what he says. I don't care about what she says. I was a fucking victim in that situation and I'm owning that and I'm feeling that and I'm holding that version of me fully. From that space, I can then choose a new reality because my, I, my experience of being a victim is not threatened. For example, me being a victim when I was, or me choosing even relationships and still being a victim. Let's talk about the relationship I talked about where I was being cheated on and sexually abused. And I actively chose that. I, had, I had, was attached to being a victim. So unconsciously, I chose that relationship from a seat of victimhood. I then became a victim again in that relationship. On some level, that made me feel safe because... I had not fully sat with my experiences as a victim. But now that I have fully sat with even that experience of me when I was 20 years old being a victim, I no longer need to 
validate myself in my pain by experiencing more pain to try to prove that I was a victim. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you guys see what I'm saying? We try to, because we don't validate ourselves as victims, we try to experience it again and again to say, well, see, I couldn't help it. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything about it. Do you see what I'm saying? It's very scary if you are not completely secure in your situation as a victim to realize, wait, I actually can help this. For example, when I was 20 and I was being sexually assaulted and cheated on and whatever, I am totally comfortable in my seat as a victim in that situation. I've already sat with my emotions. I've already released them. I've already sat with my pain and my anger and my rage. And so therefore, I do not need to recycle that experience to try to validate my own pain. And therefore, I can do the radical work and take radical accountability. Taking radical accountability and moving out of the seat of a victim is no longer scary because I am comfortable in my real life experience as a victim. But when we're not comfortable in our real life experiences as a victim, it feels scary to say, wait, I can choose to not be a victim? No, that that feels scary. I can choose a better man? No, that feels scary because we think, no, I couldn't have chosen a better man then. I couldn't have. I couldn't have chosen a better man. You know, he did all this to me and, and it wasn't my fault. Well, hold on, wait. We never said it was your fault. You can still be a victim and you can still validate yourself as a victim radically while choosing something better and seeing how you actually chose your own victimhood while also validating yourself as a victim. Experiences of us when we were, you know, seven years old, let's take me as a seven-year-old, I'm very comfortable in my experience as a victim. For, for context, my father went to prison for child abuse of me when I was seven or when I was eight. Um, but it, it started around when I was seven. And I'm very comfortable in that experience of being a victim. I don't need to prove anything. I'm comfortable in it. I've sat with it. I don't need to prove anything to my father. I don't need to prove anything to my mother. I don't need to prove anything to my friends. I don't need to prove anything to to society. And I don't need to prove anything to me. I'm completely comfortable in it. So then the space of radical accountability where I can come in and say, yeah, I actually chose that experience. My soul actually chose that experience. I'm, I'm also comfortable in that because that doesn't cancel out they're not mutually exclusive it doesn't cancel out my experience my human experience as a victim so I'm not scared to take accountability they're not mutually exclusive and it's very important to understand that we can fully validate ourselves in our real life experiences of being a victim and then also take accountability This is how we integrate both and this is how we become empowered people. And taking accountability, really what it does is it allows us moving forward to create a different life. But what most people do is their limiting beliefs and their experiences that they experienced while being a victim trap them. They 
become trapped in those experiences and in those limiting beliefs and they continue to recycle pain after pain after pain because choosing empowerment feels scary. Understanding that on a very on a very spiritual level that you're not a victim feels very scary if you're not comfortable in your very human experience of being a victim. Understanding that on a human experience, you chose a man who abused you and sexually assaulted you and cheated on you like I did. Understanding on a human experience that I chose that can feel very scary if I'm not comfortable and have already and I'm completely validated in my own self as a victim in that experience. And so women and people in general, but you know, I talk to the girls because I care about the girls the most. <laughs> but people, women, will feel very scared to take that accountability because it makes them feel that, wait, it threatens their sense of victimhood. So what you need to do is become very comfortable in your sense of victimhood. Grieve it, feel it, feel that pain, feel that anger, feel that rage. And then understand that you desiring to step into your full accountability and no longer live from these limiting beliefs and your attachment to being a victim doesn't threaten your actual experience as a victim. All it does is prevent your victimhood in the future. You can experience being a victim again, even after you've, you know, started doing the work. You can experience being a victim again. And then again, sit with your experience of being a victim. Grieve the pain. Feel it. Let it flow through your body. And then take accountability and, and continue to expand and continue to move forward. And no longer recycle that and see, well, where did, where did I actively choose that? It doesn't mean that you have to threaten your sense of actually being a victim and your pain as being a victim, but taking accountability prevents it in the future. It allows you to expand in, instead of recycle. And so this is the real dance between being a victim and staying in victimhood. And we have to understand that they do not threaten one another and we have to understand that it is safe to acknowledge your victimhood and also acknowledge the ways that you actually actively chose it. This is very important if you would like to expand as a human being. If you would like to grow and create healthier dynamics and create a healthy life, you have to do both. Take accountability be in your radical accountability and be in your radical um, expansion. Identify your limiting beliefs while at the same time completely validating your experience as a victim and feeling it and not allowing those experiences to get trapped in your body. And I promise once you actually are confident, it really also goes with seeking validation from others, right? Because like when we are looking for validation outside of ourselves, we'll continue to recycle these painful experiences because we're not being ever validated in our experiences that were painful. So on some level, we're trying to continue experiencing them so that we can prove that they were ever valid and that we're victims and that our experience as a victim was valid. But if you can do that for yourself, you no longer need to recycle it. You no longer need to. If you were 
you know, abused as a child, whether it's sexually, physically, emotionally, verbally, whatever it is, if you were abused as a child and you want to continue proving to yourself you're scared and you haven't validated your own pain and so you want to continue on some subconscious level feeling like a victim with men if a man abused you because on some subconscious level you're trying to validate your pain as a child as a seven-year-old maybe but if you're validated in that experience and you don't need to source your validation from anything else and you're completely comfortable and valid and you've validated yourself and you feel secure and you've moved through your emotions and you've held yourself and you've nurtured yourself in your experience as a victim, then you can move on. You can move on from the limiting beliefs that you created from that experience. You can let them rest. You can let that version of you rest as well. We actually continue to activate these versions of us, this, these in pain versions of us from younger versions because we don't allow them to rest by actually giving them what they desire, which is safety. We keep activating them because we're attached to them, because we feel safe with them, because we're scared to let them go. We're scared what that means. What does that mean if I let this version of me rest or if I take accountability and realize I can actually change this in the future? That feels scary. That feels like, was that version of me valid? And she was. So can you hold both? So that is all I have to say today. And I think I'm just going to stop this episode here. I also think that we could do this on a cultural level where we try to validate our experiences as victims culturally. You see this a lot of times with oppressed groups. They are attached to their experience of their very real experience as a victim. Let's just take women um, attached to our very real experiences as a victim. And we desire to validate those experiences because we have not sourced our validation and our power from within. We're still looking for the oppressed the oppressor group, sorry, the the ones who oppress, the oppressor group to validate our pain. So we actually on some subconscious level continue experiencing painful situations that validate our pain as an oppressed group because we're trying to validate the fact that we're oppressed. We're trying to validate our oppressed status as an oppressed person. But what happens when you become you don't need validation from anyone else and you source your power with, with it, from within, then you can actually move beyond these limiting beliefs created from being an oppressed person in an oppressed group and you can rise above these limiting beliefs that we have created because you no longer need to prove your status as a victim while at the same time fully owning the fact that you were a victim and are a victim in the situation, in the system, but that you yourself no longer need to act within victimhood because you as a sovereign being are validated in yourself and source your power within and your security and your really you're just your validation from your experiences on your own. We see this a lot in oppressed groups. For example, women, we want to prove we don't feel fully valid and, and empowered in our own status as victims. And so we keep trying to prove to men what they have done or that they, you know, are so, you know, doing this and that. And we, But if we can stand in that on our own and we no longer need to validate that, can we create something new? Can we 
you know, does it feel scary to step outside of your identity as an oppressed person and realize, although I do have all of these things stacked against me and, you know, this and that and the other, and there's so many limiting factors here, where have I actually chosen this and gotten comfortable in it? And also, felt like I needed to continually prove my status as an oppressed person. So this is also important, you know, this, this, it happens on a collective level as well. It all also happens generationally. You can see with your mother or with your ancestors, you might feel you need to validate their pain by continuing to experience it. And we don't need to do that. If you can validate that pain, the, the only person that needs to be validated in the pain is you. You need to validate your own ancestor's pain and your own pain and your own mother's pain and hold it and feel all the deep feelings of pain, rage, anger, sadness, grief. And if you can feel them and validate them on your own, you can release them and actually be the one who chooses something new and steps out of the cycle. So that's just an important factor in this as well. So anyway, guys, I love you so much. I'm going to end this episode here. And thank you guys so much for listening. And I love you. And I will talk to you soon. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.